630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Here's the staff to Riley's. He drops back. Blue Chiefs looking for Everly. He's throwing. Going to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown, Eskimo. One-timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are part of a great race in the Pacific Division. One point behind both Calgary and Anaheim, second, third, and fourth in the division. 13 games left for all those teams. The Flames riding that incredible 10-game winning streak. They will get at it in an hour against the Boston Bruins, who are here tomorrow to play the Oilers. Of course, we'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 for the face-off show, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Anaheim also in action this evening, taking on the St. Louis Blues. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can also text 630 30. The Oilers did not practice today. They get one of the uh, four CBA-mandated days off that they get per month. This is just the second one they've taken. And boy, oh boy, it was quite a party at Rogers Place last night. Cassian curls the pass. Pulley on a shot. Score! Benoit Pulley on his first goal since December the 8th. Clefbaum gets it back. One-timer score! Oscar Clefbaum hammers home his 12th of the year on the power play. In over the line, left wing is Nurse. Shot, score! Wrist shot just missed. Rebound, and it's in! David Dayarnay taking advantage of a live hop off the boards. Toe drag to the net with a backhander, scores! Patrick Maroon coast to coast, and Miami is just flailing in the blue paint. Down the left-hand side, here's Lucic to the net, wrist shot, save, rebound, score! Went off the right skate of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And Cassian up to Maroon, and off we go. McDavid, back to Maroon, back to McDavid, shoots and scores! 7-1 Edmonton. All seven strikes for the Oilers last night. 7-1, third time this season they've scored seven in a game. The other two were against Calgary. That was their most lopsided victory of the year, the six-goal difference. Hey, the Dallas Stars, they are a struggling hockey team. They have not been getting good goaltending. They had uh, several guys last night who didn't appear very engaged in the game. So you should blow out a team like that. So good for the Oilers to go out there and take control of it and put it away. All right. I don't know what Kirk wants to talk about, but he started calling in as soon as the show started. So he must be anxious to talk to me. Hello, Kirk. Hi, Reed. How are you doing? Doing great. Now, can I ask you something? Are you the Kirk that also texts the show regularly? Yeah. Are you Kirk, are you? Yes. That is you. Okay. What's on your mind? Um... About, about what Bettman said about um, Canada gets a lot of money from the U.S. from uh, equalization payments and stuff like that because of our dollar. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, what's on your mind about it? Okay, well, the only reason why the NHL exists is because 
because of Canadians. Um, TV money comes mostly from Canadians. A lot of the teams down in the States are even supported by half the crowd is Canadians. So I don't understand what he's talking about. Um, and he's saying that that uh, we have to build a building like this in Calgary too. Um, I texted you yesterday. You probably read it. How in the world does the Edmonton Oilers make Alberta money? They don't. Actually, uh, the building that we built takes money out of Alberta. Explain to me how it's a good thing. It's good for Edmonton, but for Northern Albertas, what, Albertans, what do we get from it? Well, I mean, I guess... The hockey's entertainment, Kirk. So I guess the I know, people it's a that, that question—it's a tough question. I mean, we go to the theater, and our money goes to the U.S. too, just like uh, just like the team that we support. Okay, so I'm not—I'm not, I'm just not sure what you're you're upset about, Kirk, or what you're asking me. I mean, like it's it's uh, you know, it's like you said, it's entertainment. I mean, I guess the people who don't like sports are going to think spending money on sports is a waste of money, and the people who don't like to go out to sports. fine dining are, you know, like... I love I love hockey. I love the Oilers. I wish they'd stay here forever, but, I mean, when a guy comes and takes taxpayers' money to build a building, and, you know, it's, it's not going to make money for Alberta. There's no way. Garth Brooks took how much money out of this town? Twenty-four or five million dollars. Who came from out of province to see that? Well, maybe they came from Saskatchewan. Did they replace it? I don't think they replaced that amount of money. There's no way. So I mean, it's all fancy and good for all these people saying that. Oh yeah, we're we're making lots of money for Edmonton and Alberta. There's no way. I cannot see how a building is pulling in that much people from out of province or out of out of country to pay for it. There's no way. So do you think that the Rogers place never should have been built? Well, yeah. Well, you're going to think I'm stupid because and then you're going to go on talk to everyone else and that guy from Phoenix and whoever else is going to call and say the same thing. But I mean... I, I don't think you're... I don't think you're stupid at all. I, I just... I'm just giving you a chance to make your point. I don't, I don't agree with it. I agree we should have a guy to invest in the community and build it with his own money. He can make all the profit, sure. And where's that profit go? Back into our community. That's great. All right. Kirk, I appreciate you calling, buddy. Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's six twelve inside sports on six thirty chat. Tyler the postman texting in, he says, Am I the only one who's frustrated with these mandated days off and screwed up schedule? Is the media too nervous to say anything about it? Uh no, I'm not. Uh the the mandated days off were negotiated in the collective bargaining agreement where each team gets four complete days off per month where they don't play, they don't practice, and they don't travel. Uh, now, the players don't pick those. The, you know, the coaches give a schedule, and they have, to be, uh, they have to be reasonable, so they couldn't just give four days off in a row, and then you work 26 days straight. Um, the schedule is, I mean, I don't like the bye week that they put in this year. They're probably going to modify it next year. I, I haven't been a fan of the schedule this year is all, a, at all. Uh, 
Um, but, I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, the, the players got those. And the players are going to get days off no matter what. It's just that they got four actually uh, mandated. So that's the way that works. This texter says, is there a two-drink minimum before calling your show? No, but there should be before hosting it. 780-496-0063. Is this Al we have on the line, Kellen? Yes, you do. Hi, Al. Sorry. Hi, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, I listened to a guy there uh, two minutes ago. Yes. And uh, I think he got things wrong, but uh, I'd like to follow him up a little bit. What, what he's trying to say is that uh, Edmonton taxpayers, uh, the city, the province, and everything else paid for this arena. That man came in yesterday, and, and he thought uh, everything goes good. What happens to all that money that goes to the NHL? I mean, nothing comes back to Edmonton. Oh, well, I mean, all right. Well, if Garth Brooks is here, then... No, not, yeah, okay, that, that's, that's a different story. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you mean, with all the concert to go on and all that. Yeah. Right, I mean, Garth Brooks picked one city in Western Canada to do all those shows, and it was Edmonton, and it was because Rogers Place was built. And yeah. actually, the 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 quote-unquote tax money that goes into the, is, is used to build the arena, goes through the CRL. Nobody's property taxes are going up to pay for the arena. I've had Brian Anderson on the show numerous times to explain that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how, co- how come uh, the NHL doesn't pay for part of the arena? How come the NHL doesn't pay for part of the arena? Well, the NHL itself doesn't build arenas. The NHL is, is the league. But they're making a profit off it. Well, the owners make profits if their team is profitable, yes. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing, Al? No, 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 it's, it's, not, a, it's, it's not a bad thing, but I mean... <laughs> It's it's uh, I, 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 maybe I just don't understand is what it is, eh? But uh, you learn and listen, I guess, eh? Okay, thanks for calling, buddy. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Well, that was an unexpected start to the program. We uh, will touch on uh, a bit of the arena story down the highway in Calgary with Jock Wilson. He uh, hosts a show like this one on our sister station, News Talk seven seventy, and we'll tee up uh, what's going on with the Flames as they get ready for the Bruins. It's inside sports on Chad. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. All right, well, I guess we're taking calls here. Quick scoreboard update. Penguins and Flyers, no score after the first three games still to come tonight, including the Flames and the Bruins. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. The Oilers did not practice today. They play Boston tomorrow. Lacombe beat Stony Plain 4-1 last night to even the Chinook League final at 1. Game 3 Friday in Lacombe. Game 4 Saturday back in Stony Plain. Ryan Smith took that hit in Game 1. He attended the game yesterday but did not play. Kyle Sheen, who delivered the hit, has been suspended at least three games because he got a match penalty on the play. All right, we have Melvin on the line. Hello, Melvin. Good afternoon. Uh, I thought we had this debate three years ago or four years ago about the arena. Let's solve the problem. Let's tear it down. Send the oil back to Rexall Place and you know, we can shut everything down. 
Melvin, I love that you called it and said that. This was not the direction I expected the show to go tonight. I agree. We had the Darina debate several years ago. It's been built. It's being used. Uh, I guess for the people that don't like it, I'm going to be quite blunt. Don't go to it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't know what else to say at this point. <laughs> as I, mean, I said... I mean, there there are highways built in the province that I am never going to drive on. I just accept that's how life works. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great facility. I can't say that I'm going to go to it because I can't afford Oilers tickets, but other people can. You know, it's it's there. It's done a lot of good, good for downtown. It's revitalized downtown. It has helped, and I, I I live one neighborhood removed from downtown. I go to downtown a lot for shopping and uh, and leisure activities. So uh, you know, I appreciate it. I don't know what else to say. I mean, this is a, it is a, it is strange. We're having this debate almost a one full season into the arena being used, but I I, I guess yeah. people still want to talk about it, Melvin. Now, do you, are you an Oilers fan? Do you watch games on TV? Do you listen to games on Ched, or, or are you actually not that big of a sports fan? I listen to the games on Ched. I don't watch them on TV. How come? Uh, because I prefer listening. Can I do other things? Cool. Uh, <clears throat> while I'm listening, I'm working or something like that, so it's not an issue. Um, it's also when you're driving, you can't watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin, this was my favorite phone call so far, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, have a good day. All right, that's Melvin, 780-496-0063. James is on the line. Hello, James. Hey, Reed, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's nice to hear from you. I just wanted to say, you know what the problem is? It's We've had nothing but bad times over the past 10, 11 seasons, whatever it's been. And now that the Oilers won last night, they trounced the Stars, and now we need something to complain about. <laughs> I, I guess we can't, we can't have a good hockey team and a good arena and everything can't be going well for us. It's Edmonton. We've been beaten up for the last 10 years. So we'll, we'll take it out on Rogers for a bit, I guess. I, uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I don't, I don't know what to say. Somebody just texted in and he says, is it happy hour everywhere tonight? Everybody seems drunk calling in. I don't know about that, but, uh, uh, <laughs> look, James, I I'm gonna... the, the Oilers fan base, we need to enjoy this moment and stop complaining about, little things and let's go get that cup what did you think of the game last night uh i mean i didn't think dallas was very engaged and i don't have a problem with the oilers beating up on a team that they should beat up on yeah i think with dallas if you start off strong and kind of break the will and make them think it's going to be another one of those it's going to be pretty easy i think the biggest thing the oilers seem to play well when they get physical and i loved benning last night slepershev had a good game so those two guys coming up with a good thing yeah, I agree. Thanks, James. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, man. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. We also have Jeremy on the phone. Hello, Jeremy. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Uh, yeah, big others. I, I, I can't agree with that caller much more. I mean, I don't I don't know what people are complaining about all the time. Maybe just tear down the arena. That, that's been done. It, it makes good money. It's great for downtown. It brings a lot of money. So, But that's not what I call I call about to, to really enjoy, uh, just to say, you know how glad I am now that Lucic has kind of turned it around. Everyone was complaining, oh, he's not worth the money. But now he's going to start to earn his keep. You know, from now on until the end of, you know, until we get into the playoffs and into the playoffs, this is where he earns his money. You know, that's what we brought him in for, and he's showing him now. He's really, I think he's really steadied the ship back there, and I, I really like that line. I don't think they should mess with it, nor do I think they should, you know, mess with the top line either. I think 
the top lines look good. Second line's looking good. And even, you know, Slapper stuff, I thought, had a great game last night. And the defense is fantastic this year. I mean, years past, I looked at Dallas last night, and I'm like, I, I know that team. That's yep. crap defense and not much goaltending. I know, yep. I've seen that team. But now we're on the other side of it, and we're scoring those goals early. We're taking it to them. I mean, I don't know how many times in the past few years I've watched the first period, and it's three to one for the you know for the other team, and I'm I'm about to ready to hang it up, and then there are goalie less than the goal at the two minutes into the third period, and it's four to one. It's like, well, this is over. Yeah. But I never get that feeling anymore this year, where it's you know we can be down two to one or three to one being a second, and we still got a shot. I mean, that Pittsburgh game, shoot, I thought we should have won it a dozen times in overtime. I mean, Nugent well, Hopkins, I don't know, that's just. And even even the Montreal game, as disappointing as it was, it, it was uh, it, the Oilers were within a, a goal the whole game of extending their oh, yeah. lead or winning it, right? So oh, for sure, they're I always mean, within it, a goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you take away that was a that was a crappy six minutes. There's no two ways about it. But I thought we were playing, we were hanging in there pretty good. All credit to Montreal, they played a great game. But I thought we looked pretty good too. I mean, we we could have easily you know got a point out of that. Probably deserved the point against Pittsburgh. Right or you know two points I should say against Pittsburgh. I don't think there's anything to worry about because there's no way that LA is catching us. There's no, just they no aren't. way. No, they aren't. Like, so everyone needs to calm down. Like we're going to the playoffs, but we're never allowed to exhale in Edmonton. I get that. I understand. That, you know, I get it. It's been ten long years, but relax, enjoy it. Just like the other caller said, enjoy it. We're going to make the playoffs. We'll kick the crap out of Calgary in the first round, and everyone will be happy. Jeremy, thanks for calling, buddy. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, we also got Anthony on the line. Wow, I did not expect this many calls tonight. Anthony, go ahead. It's nice, though. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, how's it going, Reed? Doing well. You got about a minute, okay? Okay, sure. Sounds good. Hey, I don't want to talk about the arena. I want to actually talk about the team. Uh, I awesome. disagreed. Just, just heads up, I disagreed with the arena, but I do go to Oilers games. Uh, the one thing, I have this team going far in the playoffs. This team reminds me of the 06 team, actually, uh, minus Chris Pronger, but uh, they have enough depth that they could surprise a few teams in the first round. I, uh, I'm embracing it. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the pubs and, and watch it. I'm not worried about this team not making it back. It's not gonna happen. But first time in ten years, you know, I'm I'm loving this. This is great. And people should just lay off the arena talk and just sit back, enjoy the next couple of games, and wait for the playoffs. Anthony, I appreciate you calling, buddy. Take care. Okay. Thanks. All right. Kellen, I'll do. I'll bring John in now, so we'll have to bump a minute of commercials till after. I don't want to make him wait. John, I'll give you a minute as well before we go to the newsman. Go ahead. All right, hey Reed. I just wanted to uh, clear up a couple of misconceptions people have out there. Is that everyone says, well, the taxpayers built Kate's and Arena? Well, they didn't because the city owns the arena. The city owns the building. I don't think people realize that the city owns the building. They own the land. Kate's is the tenant. So yeah, he re- he leases it. He leases it. I mean, I have a rental condo that I that I rent out for people. Um, I still own it. They can stay there as long as they want, but it's my condo. And also, uh, Kate's has to pay any upgrades, renovations, um, repairs that come to the arena. So imagine if in my condo, if someone's renting it and they have to pay for all the repairs, that's a great deal for me. I mean, I think the city has a great deal here. Plus, they get all the parking revenue. Plus, they get all the property tax revenue that comes from the uh, surrounding um, CRL. And it's it's just, it drives me crazy that people don't see those things. John, I don't know what to tell you. I I mean, I I was working on Bob's show when this was going on, and I've hosted this show, and there's a lot of, uh, the people who are against the project, I'm going to sound a little mean-spirited here, but the people who are against the project aren't that interested in the facts. 
it's just an unfortunate way of life. It's, easy, it's, like, it's easier it's to complain without learning about them, right? It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll I talk agree. to you soon, buddy. All, All right. right. Uh, Elvis, I'll try to sneak you in after the news. We also have Cassie Campbell-Pascal coming up. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins. I do uh, love everybody. Regardless of your opinion, it was a that felt like a bizarre opening half hour to the show, but I love talking to people. Uh, Troy, I just got your text. It's an excellent text, although I don't think I'm going to read it because I don't want to incite people further. Do we have? Uh, oh, I double click. Do we have our old buddy Elvis on the show? Hi, Elvis. Hey, Reed. I'm listening in, you know what, and as usual, your show is entertaining as heck and fantastic. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. unintentionally so. Yeah, well, but it's, it's, it's great. And you know what, there's people out there, like I, I, I've been blessed enough to go to some games and to, to a concert, to the Garth Brooks concert, and I watched uh, that stadium move uh, 19,000 uh, uh, out and 19,000 in within an hour, and it was amazing. I went to the Saturday afternoon show, and I'll just, I'll just finish on this. Um, Edmonton Oilers, you know, people people who don't use that place, like you said, don't use it. But the people that are using it are finding out that it's amazing. And the, the business that's being generated, it's been echoed. Everyone's been talking about it. And when you've got people that travel from arena to arena to arena, uh, even like our the, Mr. Bettman said, it's one of the most beautiful facilities he's ever seen. And, you know, he could be have to say that. I don't know. Well, of course he's going to so. say that, but I mean, yeah. what, like, okay. I but mean, that's different people I spoke to. I mean, if you, if you want, go sit in the saddle dome in Calgary, go, 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 go sit in the back of that thing and have a look at that dipped roof. And the final thing I'll, I'll finish on here, Reed is people pinch yourself. It's not a dream. Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Sure they are. And Melvin, if I, if, if I could find Melvin, I don't know where he is or whatever. But we should we should find out some way of getting that guy hockey tickets. That was, he, he was should, good. He, he was he, good. He, he was good, and he needs to go to the game. Yeah. Love the show, Reed. Love okay. the show. Thanks, Elvis. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the open line. I do appreciate everybody that called, even though it got to be a bit of an uh, unexpected topic. One topic I do want to talk about tonight is uh, I, I find this pretty interesting. The uh, U.S. Women's National Hockey Team saying, uh, I guess, threatening not to participate in the Women's World Championship that starts at the end of the month in Michigan unless they feel some progress is made towards more fair wages and support from USA Hockey. Pretty interesting story. And to talk about it, a uh, friend of the program, I'm pleased to welcome Cassie Campbell-Pascal back to Inside Sports. Cassie, thanks for making time for your old buddy, Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, of course, uh, people uh, know you now as a uh, broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers, but of course you uh, came to prominence as a member of the Canadian women's hockey team, one of the uh, leaders on that team for several years and through several world championships and Olympics. Uh, I'll start generally. When you first heard about this story, what was your initial reaction? Um, I guess a little shocked initially. I mean, I did know a little bit about what was going on uh, behind the scenes. Not a lot, but a little bit. And I think, you know, shocked that it was happening at such a late time before the World Championships. But I, I think all the USA players are a little bit shocked themselves. And, you know, they didn't want it to, to get to this point. And, of course, they want to be there representing their country. But, you know, 
none of the, and I don't want to call them demands because I think they're more of communication and, and something they've been communicating to USA Hockey for quite some time. You know, nothing's being really listened to, and I think they felt that this was their only strategy was to potentially boycott the World Championships. Well, and that would be a, a pretty strong move if that happens because, I mean, Cassie, look, I, I look at the World Championships and say, okay, it's Canada-U.S. That, that's why I'm interested. Could you actually see them following through on this if, if it really comes down to it? You know, I talked to some of the players today, and, um, you know, they're, unite, they're united as far as they're under-18 players, they're under-22 under development players, and... Of course, they're senior players, so, you know, they feel that they're all united, and I guess, you know, it's sort of a wait-and-see attitude on that. And But I think what people don't understand is they're not fighting for huge wages. They're, they're just fighting for respect from the program, and, and that's kind of what they're fighting for. Yeah. Well, when you hear about, uh, you know, what they're – and again, I, I guess I don't want to call them demands either – about what they're requesting um, – I mean, give people a sense of maybe from when you played, uh, you know, what the support and compensation might have been like. Like, was it was it difficult to live on? Was it was it challenging for you or or what's your perspective on that part of it? Well, I look back to the 1998 Olympic year and basically, you know, I was a younger kid, but if you know, you had a mortgage back home where you lived and then you paid rent where you lived in Calgary and after that you had $210 a month to live on. I mean, that's kind of really what it was about and and that was an Olympic year. So that was actually, you know, a pretty productive year financially and, you know, there's a variety of different opportunities that come into play but, um, you know, there wasn't a lot and there, there wasn't a lot of support and I think after those 1998 Olympics, you know, that was kind of new for us as players and new for Hockey Canada and, they, you know, I think we learned a lot and we started a women's high performance advisory committee that was really led by Therese Brisson, who was our, one of our captains, assistant captains at the time. And, you know, it really started some good dialogue. And I think once Hockey Canada understood some of the issues that the athletes were having, you know, they tried to step up in, in different ways and, and compensate and, and, you know, find, you know, raise money through events and try to get more money into the players' pockets. And, you know, they were a little bit more creative if they didn't have the money, per se, in their budget. So, you know, that's, I think we we ended up having really good communication after what was a, initially a tough Olympic year for the relationship between the players and Hockey Canada, but through change and through dialogue and not so much through things that the USA girls are doing right now. We didn't really have a similar approach in the fact that we were boycotting, but, you know, this is a negotiation for them that's been going on for 18 months, and and really a negotiation that's been going on since they won their first Olympics in 1998. So I think the players have finally just taken a stand and and they've kind of had enough and, and this is the way they feel they can go about it and, and try to make change for the, the future generation. You know, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit and, and you know, a couple people have texted the show because this topic came up on the afternoon news as uh, uh, as well. And, and, you know, what about the argument saying, well, you know, women's hockey, not as many people watch. It doesn't generate as much revenue. So, you know, shouldn't they kind of accept that there's just not going to be the same kind of money? What's your counter to that? Well, I think you understand that there's business different business strategies and different business plans and 
you know, to some degree we're not at that point, but these girls are dedicated athletes and USA Hockey puts a team, a women's team into the Olympics and they put a women's team into the world championships and they do those types of things. And again, they're not looking for millions and millions of dollars. They're looking for things like when you launch a USA Hockey jersey, why not have a female, a woman at the press conference? Can you provide medical insurance so that when we are training and playing full-time so that we are at our best to play for USA Hockey and we get injured, can we be looked after? You know, these are just simple kind of normal, everyday job type of things that they're asking for. And um, and I think that's where maybe the misperception is coming, is people thinking they're looking for these huge wages. And, you know, that's not it at all. I think they're just looking to be taken care of. And, you know, we don't have professional leagues, so we're not like the men where everything else is taken care of and, and they can play for their countries and it's, it's it, you know, they their commitment is taken care of and paid for through other avenues. I mean, this really is the only thing, and I think as, as female players we understand that, but you have to be able to have the basic necessities of life, and, and I think those are the things that are more important to them than, than maybe you know, big wages and big paychecks. I mean, that really hasn't entered the category. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that explanation. That's some, that's some good uh, good clarity, and I, I really wanted to get your perspective on this. I know you're busy uh, and you're traveling today, so thanks for making time for me. Do you know when you're coming to Edmonton again? Maybe you'll be coming here for a playoff game. You know, wouldn't that would be amazing for sure, and uh, wouldn't it be great if it falls where it's Calgary and Edmonton? I think that would even be fantastic. But I'm actually in Edmonton uh Next weekend, I'm doing something for the Girl Guides of Canada, and I'm also going to be doing the, um, what is it, Anaheim at Edmonton next Saturday. I'm trying to think. Is it Edmonton uh, or Anaheim or Colorado? I think, I, that's the, I think that's the Colorado one, and then Anaheim's April 1st, yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing Colorado at Edmonton next weekend, and... Um, Yes, I look forward to being there. Right on. I'll talk to you then. Cassie, thank you so much for enlightening everybody on this topic and for fitting me in the night. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Reed. Take care. Cassie Campbell-Pascal checking in on uh, this interesting story about the U.S. women's hockey team uh, threatening a boycott of the upcoming World Championships in Michigan. And like Cassie said, it's not like they're asking for tens of millions of dollars just for maybe uh, you know some equipment and expenses and uh, a little more visibility in that market. Uh, we promised Jock Wilson to tee up the Flames and the Bruins and talk about the Calgary Arena. We'll get him on when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, Eberle and the Oilers facing the Bruins tomorrow. I uh, got a few text messages after the uh, Cassie Campbell-Pascal interview. Uh, I'll just read this one. Uh, the Big L says, uh, Reed, really interesting comments from Cassie. The amount of money the Olympics make from mostly American networks is absurd, so these American athletes arguably deserve more, especially when you consider how difficult and competitive elite sports have become. And another texter says that these athletes are expected to train full-time for all four years. They get a totally inadequate amount of money for that level of com- uh, commitment. couple of texts to 630-630. All right, top of the hour, face-off between the Flames and the Bruins. Jock Wilson is the host of Sports Talk on our sister station, News Talk 770 in Calgary. Jock, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am outstanding, Reed. How about yourself? 
Well, I'm doing great. Good to have you on the show, man. Exciting time of year with the Flames yes. and Oilers jockeying for position in the Pacific Division. And my, oh my, Flames riding a historic winning streak <laughs> into the game tonight against Boston. I, I tell you what, it's fun to be a hockey fan in Alberta for the first time in a long time. And, uh, you know, it, it's a great question, though, Reed, because what are the Calgary Flames? I, I asked this question on my show last night. You know, are they a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Are they a team that's playing a little over their heads right now, riding a hot goaltender, which they certainly are? Hey, I think the Calgary Flames are a good team. They're they're an above-average team. But I certainly don't put them in the category of, you know, the top three, the Minnesotas, the Chicagos, the San Jose's in the, in the Western Conference. But, you know, what? what can you say this team has it all going for them right now they do have the hot goaltender even though Elliot's not going to go tonight you know their defense Michael Stone even though he's out with an injury right now but very close to returning he is really added to the top four and then you got two really solid lines and and your third and fourth line are playing pretty good hockey so when it's all said and done this team is buying in and uh, and again creating lots of excitement here in Calgary well, you get a streak like that, you go a long way towards cementing playoff position, which mm-hmm. they which they really didn't have when it started, did they? I mean, they were a legitimate bubble team three weeks ago. No, it was funny. I, I had a listener uh, text me, and uh, this was about a, a month ago. Said, "Jock, I bet you a hundred bucks the Flames won't make the playoffs." I'm kind of wishing I would have taken that bet right now because <laughs> because I didn't because I wasn't sure they were making the playoffs either. So uh, anyway, shame on me for not being a believer. So you're right; they they were a bubble team and a very inconsistent team, and that's been their story all season long. Brian Elliott was horrible at the start of the season, and then Chad Johnson he comes in and he gets hot and he sort of saves the Flames season, and then you see the inconsistent play from their best player, Johnny Goudreau. You see inconsistent play, you know, from the defensive side of the game. And and, and then all of a sudden you see these blips where they play great like they are playing right now. So, again, it, it, it begs the question, what are the Calgary Flames? Well, uh, right now they're a real fun team to watch. They're a hard-working team. They're a team that's, uh, you know, clicking on all cylinders and has have certainly made things interesting in the Pacific Division. Is there any anticipation in your city about even the possibility of an Oilers-Flames playoff series? Oh, boy. You know, you and I talked about this on on, on my show last week, Reed, and I, I would love to see it. I think the fans in this city would love to see it. I know the fans in this province would love to see it. Even though the Edmonton Oilers have beaten the Calgary Flames, you know, all four times this season, first time ever, you know, sweeping the series in the Battle of Alberta, uh, this this province needs something good to happen to it. Uh, we've had a lot of down with the economy. We've had a lot of, you know, tough times in the oil patch. Uh, bottom line is having the Oilers and the Flames back in the playoffs is great. That's number one. If these two teams can meet in the playoffs, that would be over the top, which is fantastic. Hey, if it doesn't happen this year, you know as well as I do, as all the fans listening in right now, uh, this is going to happen in the next year, in the next two years, in the next three years. We're going to see the Battle of Alberta back. I had Theron Fleury on the show uh, earlier, uh, actually it was late last week, uh, asking him the same question. And Theo said, you know, Jock, we are going to see a Battle of Alberta game, but probably not like we did in the in the uh, late 80s because that was uh, truly the Battle of Alberta in its, cli- in its climax with you know with the great Oiler teams and, and, and the physicality of those series but just seeing these two teams back in the playoffs it would be fantastic for this province jock wilson joining us on inside sports from news talk 770 in calgary flames bruins coming up tonight down the highway as calgary tries to win 11 in a row another story for you guys is the possibility of a new arena well i should say more than a new arena because the pitch obviously was for a hockey rink plus a new home for the Calgary Stampeders. Um, every, it seems every time I read about it, there's uh, some pessimism, some 
you know, some difficulties, and, and we certainly mm-hmm. went through that here with the, the negotiations breaking down, getting going again. Gary Bettman was in Edmonton yesterday and uh, visiting Calgary today, so I mean, he was asked about Calgary and Edmonton, so we know he's being grilled about it again today. I mean, w- is this Calgary Next project, is it just kind of hovering there, or, or how would you describe its status right now, Jock? Well, first of all, let me put this on the table. I try to avoid Gary Bettman like uh, like the plague, okay? He doesn't speak for Calgarians. He doesn't speak for Albertans. He speaks for 31 NHL owners. You know that. I know that. That's fine. And actually, uh, the Calgary owner who doesn't even live in Calgary anymore, Murray Edwards, of course, uh, now lives in, in London, England. So uh, this guy speaks for 31 individuals, very wealthy individuals. And, and, and the question is, hey, I get it. You know, Calgary needs a new arena. Yes, we do. We would love to have, you know, a facility like Rogers Place Arena in Edmonton, you know, so I, I'm one of the questions, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in jest, but, you know, one of the questions today, Gary, who's going to pay for it? You know, what's Gary's answer? Not my problem. The sewer rats, uh, or uh, uh, maybe the uh, taxpayers of Calgary or Alberta pay for it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very delicate situation. Here's the deal with the arena. Calgary Flames would love Calgary next. I'm not sure that's going to fly. The city of Calgary has presented a plan B, and the plan B basically involves a new arena at uh, the Stampede Grounds where the Saddle Dome is now situated, probably where the Big Four building is. They would do a little bit of a land swap. That's where, you know, because they've, they've renovated the East Village, you know, they, the Stampede obviously needs a facility like that for the Calgary Stampede. So you really don't want to move the building off that venue. I think Plan B is eventually going to happen, and I think it'll be probably pretty good for the city. And the, the sidebar question to that, read is what's going to happen to McMahon Stadium? Well, McMahon Stadium in this Plan B that the city presented basically needs about an 80 million dollar upgrade now is spending 80 million dollars on an aging old facility like mcmahon stadium a good idea wow it's out of my pay range to make that uh, to make that uh, assessment because that's a lot of lipstick on a pig when it's all said and done but i I guess it it could be done when it's all said and done mcmahon stadium is in a very very good location so what's going to happen who's going to pay for it who knows i I think like everybody you know would calgary love to host the 2026 olympics and could that you know address a lot of the financial concerns because then you have all three levels of government pitching in whether it's the federal government the provincial government and the uh, municipal government i think so but that's certainly not a slam dunk we're going to find more on that in in June. So uh, we'll see if Calgary even wants to go down that path because a lot of our facilities here in Calgary are certainly aging, uh, whether it's the Olympic Oval that has pipes leaking underneath the ice right now, you know, making the ice a mess at the Olympic Oval. You know, the bobsleigh facility obviously needs some major upgrades as well. Uh, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting summer here in the city of Calgary as far as facilities go. Well, what, what's the level of interest in the city to to bring the Olympics back? I mean, huge event, but like you said, it involves uh, you know tearing stuff down, build stuff up, and, and getting the infrastructure going again. Yeah, you know, I, I think that the general population base is excited about it, uh, but you're obviously going to have the, the faction of the province and the city, you know, against it. We saw that in Vancouver. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we hear the feedback here in Calgary as well. A lot of uh, a lot of individuals, you know, don't want taxpayers' money going into this uh, situation. Now, you can go back to the Vancouver 2010 games. You know, there was a huge uh, a number of Vancouver people that didn't want the games. When it, all said, when it was all said and done, you know, there were 
were very happy about it. You got to look at the legacy of the games. You know, we had a great legacy from 1988. Vancouver has a great legacy. They got the ski, Sea to Sky Highway. They had the the major convention center now in uh, in Vancouver. They've got the uh, the train that goes from the airport, you know, to the city. These these were all as a result of the 2010 Olympics. You know, we would love to see some of those legacy facilities, you know, benefit to Calgary as well. The biggest thing with the Olympics, you know, this as well as you know all of the listeners out there, it's the security. How, how do you how do you pay for a billion dollar price tag on security for the Olympics? That's where it's becoming a real contentious issue. I, I had a fan, not a fan, but a listener, uh, you know, call my show last week and we were talking about this very same question. For the great idea, why not let all countries participating in the Olympics all chip in to handle security? I thought, well, wow, that's a really unique idea. So you know, hey, if uh, if you got all these different companies come uh, c- countries coming, I should say, whether it's United States, uh, whether it's uh, Austria, Norway, it doesn't matter. You know, everybody chips in a certain amount to cover the security because everybody's worried about their own security. I think that would be a really good solution. Uh, we'll see how that one gets tackled by this uh, by this exploration bid committee, as they call it. Right. Well, a lot of stories to follow there, and the most <laughs> immediate one, Flames winning streak tonight. We'll see if it continues. Jock, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Read any time. I appreciate when you help me on my show as well. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.